actions. He was a mess in so many ways. And yet when we look at the life of Joshua, he lived this impeccable life. He seemed to always make the right decisions. And I feel like Joshua in a way is, is a, was a prophetic foreshadowing of who Jesus would become when he came onto the earth. So not only do they share the same name, so Jesus is actually the Jewish, uh, sorry, the, the Greek equivalent of the name, the Hebrew name Joshua, or Yeshua. So they shared not, not just similarities in their name, but also in their character. Um, and as you'll see, um, as we explore some of the things that he did and the way that he lived his life, that there's a lot of similarities between Jesus and between Joshua. So I'm going to talk about his life, and I want to outline four things. I just realized I've got nine minutes left. You have to give me a little bit of grace this morning. Um, but these are four things that I think that we can learn from the life of Joshua. First one is that he lived a life of intimacy. He lived a life of intimacy. He put intimacy with God first. The second thing that he did was he was willing to embrace change. So have we got some notes up there today? Oh, you guys are working on it. He was willing to embrace change. The third thing was that he faced his fears. And finally, he occupied the land. Four key things that he did. Four key things that he did. And, and to be honest with you, if you were able to take these four things and read about Joshua, I think my, my day here is done. I could drop the mic and walk out safely for you to understand. I tell you what, if I could live a life like that, if I could tick those four things in my life, I'd be really pleased. I'd be really happy. And I think if we can do some of these things in our lives, in our personal lives and as a church, that we're going to find some great success in the months and the years to come. So let me give you a little bit of context about this guy called Joshua. Firstly, we've got to understand that he was the servant of Moses. He was Moses' servant. He was, you know, the lackey. He was the guy who did the, the, the jobs, got things done. And as a quick side note for those aspiring leaders out there, the crucible for leadership is often in the place of the mundane. It's often in the place of being a servant and doing the mundane things, the regular things, the boring things. But somehow God sets you up for success because all the while, while you're serving a leader, while you're serving a great leader, you're learning and you're understanding about what leadership really is. So I want to encourage you, those of you who believe that God's called you to lead and you find yourself in a a boring job. You find yourself in the mundane, in the, the seemingly insignificant. That is probably God setting you up. It's probably the time of preparation for your life that one day you'll be able to walk forward into your calling, into your destiny, and you'll realize, oh, hey, why does all this stuff feel, feel like so normal to me? Why do I understand what I need to do? Because you've been in that crucible of leadership that God has for you in the insignificant. So let's go back 40 years where it began for Moses and he was called by God. He sees God in a burning bush and God says to him, Moses, I want you to go back to your people in, Israel, in, in uh, Egypt. I want you to liberate them. I'm, I'm going to call you to lead them out of slavery into this land that I've got promised for them. And so Moses diligently goes back and, and some of you would know the story of how he goes back and through an incredible story of deliverance, God leads over a million people out of slavery, out of the impossible, really out of the impossible, into a promised land. And so they find themselves in the wilderness. 
And through a variety of miracles, God keeps showing up in, in mighty ways. And for them back then, it wasn't just, um, you know, I have a feeling that God is speaking to me. They could physically see with their own eyes as they walked through the wilderness a pillar of fire during the, day that would, uh, during the night that would lead them and a pillar of cloud that would lead them by day. There was no getting around the fact that God was real, that God was with them, that He was walking before them, that He was going before them. And the first thing, like I said, that we need to talk about His life was that He lived a life of intimacy with God. We'll pick up the story from the book of Exodus. Now Moses used to take a tent and he pitched it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out of the tent, all the people rose and they stood at the entrance of their tents, watching Moses until he he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and they worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks with a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Now that is a significant point that I just want to sit on for a second. That Moses was having this amazing encounter, face to face encounter with God. This was the God that you know, the God of the plagues, those plagues that helped deliver them out of Egypt. The God who parted the Red Sea. The God who led them with a variety of different miracles. This was Moses in the tent speaking with God face to face. Talk about a scary encounter. I don't know about you, but I would find that highly frightening. And, and so Moses says what he needs to say before God, or maybe God says what he needs to say to Moses Moses gets up and goes home to his wife and kids, and Joshua stays in the tent. Can you imagine some of the conversations that might have taken place in that tent between God and Joshua? Joshua made that decision, not just, I'm sure that wasn't his, he wasn't told to stay in the tent. He just made the decision. Maybe he had plenty of other jobs to do, but he decided that he was going to stay. He decided that he was going to pursue this this life of intimacy with God. And I believe for us, if we're going to walk in success, we need to develop that same desire. We don't realize the power that gets invested into our lives when we pursue intimacy with God. When we make that decision to put Him first, when we put aside some time in our day to put Him first, and it seems so counterintuitive, doesn't it? I've got so many things on my to-do list. I've got so many jobs to do. And yet if we put the jobs first, if we we go out and do all the things that we've got to do, the danger for us is that we end up in burnout. We end up in delusionment. We end up in depression because we've gone out to do all the stuff and we run dry. We really run dry. For Joshua, he discovered he probably didn't realize it at the time, but he was making an investment into his future. And it was those private battles. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. This is what he was doing. He was learning to praise God. He was learning to develop this conversation with the Almighty God. 
that stood him in good stead for when the time came for him to step out and, and actually fight some battles down here, that he did it with great success. And it says that everywhere that he put his foot became his own. Guys, we can learn from this guy. We can learn from it. Man, don't you want to just sing like Huddy? I just want to sing like Hudson. I just can't do it, but gee, if I could sing like that, I feel like God would hear me even better. That's true. We love you, Hudson, and we thank you for the gift that you are to this church. But I tell you what, guys, make it a priority in your life to pursue that intimate walk with God. Make it a priority. You know, it says in this account that all of Israel stood at the entrance of their tent. They were content to stand by their tent. See what I did there? They, they were content just with, with the comfort zone. I'm happy to be in my home. I'll watch somebody else have the encounter. I'm happy for somebody else to do that sort of stuff. That's a bit weird for me. That's a bit extreme for me. I'm not ready to lift my hands just yet. I'll just stay in my tents. I'll just watch somebody else do it. This Sunday experience, this worship that we do, it's not entertainment. It's not for somebody else. It's not just for these guys to do it. It's for all of us to encounter God. It's all of us to enter in. There's a purpose in it, guys. It's not just if you can sing good or not. There's something about the power encounter that takes place when we choose to praise. You can do it in your car, on your way to work. Instead of listening to Triple J, chuck on some worship music. Start to praise God in your spirit. Find some space in your day. I know it's hard. Find some space to make Him a priority. It will stand you in good stead for the months and the years to come. Okay, let's move on. The second thing that Joshua did was that he was willing to embrace change. He wanted it. He loves it. He said, bring it to me. I want some change in my life. Number 13, this is the story I want to tell you. The Lord said to Moses, send some of your men to explore the land of Canaan which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So they, they were supposed to send 12 men out. They gave Moses, so they, they go out to the land, they come back. Verse 27, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land with which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. So they brought some of this enormous bananas and fruit and delicious things to eat. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. In other words, they were giving a negative account. They're saying, yes, it's awesome. Yes, it's amazing. But man, the people are too big. The, the challenge is too high. It's going to be too hard. We just can't do it. And they went out and they spread this negativity around the whole of the camp. And you know what? God was not happy. He was not happy with that response. And he got so mad at them that he wanted to, to destroy some of them. And it seems so extreme right now. In verse, uh, sorry, let's go on to um, chapter 14. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb tore their clothes. And they said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. 
because we will devour them. Their protection is gone and the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And yet God makes this judgment about them. And in verse 30, this is what he says. Not one of you will enter the land I swore with uplifted hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of that guy, and Joshua, son of Nun. No one else, just these two guys. Because the negativity, the negative response that they had was so damning, was so shutting down of what God wanted to achieve, that he said, this generation, they're not going to do it. They're not going to enter in. And it's so strange, isn't it, that, that God had physically delivered these people out of slavery. And yet here they were free, as it were. They were free, and yet in their mind, they were still slaves. In their mind, they were unwilling to face up to the new possibilities. That God was laying out before them, you can do it, you can do it. But they didn't want to. They wanted to <clears throat> stay with the status quo. They were quite happy to remain comfortable. But if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, He's not calling you to be comfortable. He doesn't want you to stay comfortable. We love comfort, I know. I know our culture loves comfort. In fact, what are those, you know, you just got to look at a toilet paper ad, for goodness sake. We know that we love comfort. We love it, the softly, whatever it's called. We want to be comfortable. We do want to be comfortable. And yet God says, Jesus said, walk with me, work with me. Come on, let's move it. Let's move it. Some, so many of us think our Christian journey is about stamping the tag and I'm done. It's not. It's about movement. It's about continually to face up to the challenge that He puts before us. And it's not just for challenge's sake. He wants you to grow through it. He wants you to push through that challenge. The things that He puts before you are for your growth. They're for your benefit. They're for you, to shape you for the destiny that He has for your life. We've got to get used to change, people. We've got to, we've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's part of the Christian journey. We've got to set that, um, what's it called? The thing that you, the treadmill. You've got to set the treadmill to incline and be happy with that. That's where I'm going to be from this day forward. I'm, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to push myself. I'm not going to be content with where I am right now. I'm going to grow through this, this season. I'm going to grow through it. I'm going to face up to it. If Jesus was content, was willing, sorry, to face the cross then we need to be willing to face a little bit of discomfort every now and again. Because God has a destiny, He has a purpose for this church that's not about the status quo, I can tell you that now. We did not sign up for all the years of effort and challenge to make Oasis Church be this. This is just step number one. Number three, the third thing that Joshua did was that he faced his fears. He faced his fears. So his mentor, his boss, his friend had just died. The guy who carried the responsibility of that whole nation on his shoulders had passed away. And it had fallen upon Joshua now to carry the mantle, to carry, to, ca to take these people forward into the land. They hadn't reached it yet. I'm sure secretly he was wishing that he would just remain the aide, content to wait, to wait it out. And yet Moses dies before they step over the, the uh, the, the Jordan River into the promised land. And so the responsibility falls on Joshua. Let's read about it in Numbers chapter 1. 
God says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. He says it again, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. And again, he's saying, get these things right. Develop the intimate life. Do not turn from it from the left or the right, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you. Amen. You've got to get excited about this verse. It's, it's such a stirring verse and it's so great because we know how the story ends. And how many know that all the guys in the Bible, they didn't read the Bible? All the guys in the Bible, they didn't know how it was going to turn out, did they? They didn't have the benefit of finding out, oh yeah, it was all going to be okay. This was before the event and God is speaking to Joshua and he's saying, it's going to be okay. You've got to trust me on this. It's going to work out. It's going to be awesome. But don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Do you think if God says something to you three times, there's something significant in that? Do you think that maybe Joshua was a little bit peeing in his pants at that point? Like, it wasn't just that he was going to get some Facebook trolls being mean to him on on uh, on facebook it wasn't like someone's going to say his family members are going to say something mean to him this was like life and death there were fortified cities that wanted to kill them to conquer them it was life and death stuff and i'm sure he was just a little bit scared about the possibilities maybe the possibilities of failure but he faced those fears is what he did And the thing that we need to realize whenever God says, I will be with you, whenever he says, do not be afraid, it comes with a promise. I am with you. I am with you. Don't be afraid. I am with you. How comforting is it to know that the one who says, I'm with you, don't be afraid, is the very one who wrote the book. He's the very one who has the plan all worked out. He's got it worked out. He's got it worked out. We just need to step out. It's it's guaranteed success. There's not many things you can guarantee in this day and age, but you you can take it to the bank. When God gives you a promise, it's going to take place. It's going to take place. It's guaranteed to succeed. And even though you're facing fears, even though you're facing what seems to be impossible, God knows that. And He's okay with you battling those fears as long as you're willing to step out. As, as long as you're willing to take the risk and step out in obedience. I can tell you now, people, that the God who's, who authored your life, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who, who authored your life, the beginning and the end, he says, I know how it's going to turn out. It's going to be great. I am with you. 
Philippians 1.6. And I'm certain that God, who began this good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished. He is going to see it through in your life. He's going to see it through. You might as well like take that to the bank, internalize that truth, and step out despite your fears. Face up to them. Face your fears head on. Face them head on. The last thing that Joshua did, and I'll finish with this, was that he occupied the land. He occupied the land. It, it wasn't just that he, he dealt with the internal things, but then he took a step forward into obedience. He stepped out. And I don't have time today to talk through all the miraculous stories of deliverance that took place for that nation as they stepped out. There were fortified cities with walls so high. I mean, it's not like they had machine guns or cannons or anything like that back in those days. But they stepped out and, you know, crazy things like marching around a city seven times and the walls came tumbling down, as you know the song. Doing crazy things like that. I mean, who could have configured in your head the possibilities and I want to encourage you today, sometimes you're staring at your future or you're staring at your circumstance and you're going, there is no way I could possibly win in this circumstance. There is no possible thing that I can imagine that God is going to deliver me from. It just seems like it's, the mountain is too high. The wall to scale is too high. The amount of money required is too much. I'm telling you, all of those things mean nothing to God. They mean nothing to Him. If He put that seed in your heart, if he put something deep within you that he said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that in your life. I'm going to do that in your life. Take it to the bank. Go with it. Run with it. And step out in obedience. Even though the circumstances would tell you that it's impossible. Even though your mother-in-law might tell you that it's impossible and you're being a fool to do it. And that's not you, by the way, Carleen. That's someone else's mother-in-law. We're tight, right? You and me. We're good. <laughs> no, we're good. I'm the favorite one, aren't I? I'm the. <laughs> so God is with us. We are on the doorstep of something special at Oasis Church. Even like, like Christy said, even though we're three years in, we're still feel, I still really feel like we're just starting out. This is the very beginning of what could be an incredible, incredible time. And I want you to hold on to your hats. If you want to hang around at Oasis Church, it's going to be a fun ride. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be uncomfortable at times. But I tell you what, if you want to see amazing things take place, if you want to see miracles take place in your own life, if you want to see lives being set free all around you, then I want you, encourage you to hang around at Oasis Church and be part of what's going to happen. You know, I believe wholeheartedly that this place will be filled with people. More than one time over, more than one time over, there will be hundreds and hundreds of people who will find life through our actions, through our obedience, through our willingness to step out and take a risk. And I want to encourage you today to be there, to do it, to do something significant with your life. It's not just about you and it's not just about comfort. It's not about staying. But if you're willing to pursue God in the secret place, if you're willing to face your fears, if you're willing to embrace discomfort and embrace change, then something wonderful will take place. Can you imagine the possibilities? If each of us in our street, in our world, 
stepped out in obedience, stepped out in obedience and saw miracles take place. Can you imagine the possibilities? Tell you what, this is where it lies with us. This is where it lies with us. We're on the doorstep and I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to ask you to consider, would I, am I willing to live a life like Joshua? As the musicians come up to close this service, am I willing to live a life like Joshua? Am I willing to take that step, to take those risks? Because I believe that God has authored something amazing. I really believe that he has. And it's, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. It's not a slam dunk until we step out into it. It's not going to happen unless we decide to obey. But if we do, we're going to see incredible things take place. We really are. Come on, let's worship.